0: Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Do you believe that? Can you settle into that kind of space, that kind of assurance that everything will be okay? On Tuesday night, Election Day evening, I did not turn on the television. I did not look at the news on my phone. I decided I would not follow the news cycle at all. And it wasn't because I wasn't interested or concerned about election outcomes. It was because I didn't want to be stirred up with worry, anxiety, frustration, or any other negative feeling. And this election cycle the news of it, anyway, has made me feel all those things. So I kept radio silence, so to speak, and I went to bed. On Wednesday morning, I returned to the news. Some of that news was good from my perspective, some of it not so good, but I realized that the main takeaway for me was simply this yes, I had done my part, I had voted, but beyond that, there was nothing I could do. I can't change the world, heaven or earth. It is going to be what it is going to be, and somehow, some way, it will have to be okay. And I will have to be okay with that. And I don't mean by that that I don't care about how things turn out or in which direction things change, It's just that every once in a while, I have to be reminded that aside from doing my little part to make things better, to keep my own integrity, even and especially if that means challenging the status quo, that life is going to unfold as life unfolds. I have to do my part, but I cannot control the universe. I cannot move, much less change heaven and earth. Things need to be made new, but I am not the one who makes them new. What happens in heaven and on earth is above my pay grade. I am one small person in this world. My heart is huge, My heart of concern, of ache, of hope is huge, but I am one small person and my perspective too is the perspective of one small person. It is finite, limited, bounded by my opinions and my experiences. I'd like to think that if I were in charge of the world, of changing it, that the world would be a better place. But I'm not so sure about that. Instead, it would have all my foibles and blind spots and limited vision, I suspect. The scripture text for today recognizes that everything isn't okay as it is, but the prophet does make this promise. Everything will be okay. How is that? How will everything be okay when we are so divided socially, politically? How will everything be okay when violence or threat of violence seems to be the the tool of choice for so many? How will everything be okay when there is hunger everywhere we turn and pain and illness and loneliness? How will everything be okay when the gap between rich and poor keeps growing? How will everything be okay when there are so many refugees fleeing violence, poverty, oppression, lack of opportunity, fleeing one place and all too often unwelcome in another? Sure, the writer of today's scripture promises a new heaven and a new earth, but is such a thing even possible, much less promised to us In the vision laid out, which is very specific to a particular group of people at a particular time, a return home from exile is promised, a rebuilt city, a place of joy and refuge, less infant mortality, longer life for the elderly, gardens and vineyards, a safe place to live, and finally, predator and prey feeding together, the lion eating straw like the ox. So, no more threat. No more danger. Possible? Probable? Well, it doesn't sound like the world we live in, does it? And yet, everything will be okay. I know it's beyond me. I can't change the heavens or the earth. Neither can you. What can I change? Can I have more faith? Can I be more trusting? Can I take more risks for what I believe to be right? Can I love more unconditionally? Can I do any or all of those things, and in doing them, maybe shift something in myself? And in shifting something in myself, change the world? Make it new? What if all I can change in this world is my perspective? Would that make a difference? Would that make me a participant in the prophet's promise? A witness to a new heaven and a new earth? I was thinking about all this this past week as I was working on the sermon, thinking about change, about the cosmos about the universe and my place in it, our place in it. And for some reason, it sent my mind to Michael Lerner in his book, Spirit Matters. Rabbi Lerner spoke at Manchester University years ago, maybe 15 or more years ago. And at that time, I bought this book because I was taken by his synthesis of social theory and spiritual practice, the connection between global healing and the wisdom of the soul. Lerner was the one who first introduced me to the concept of tikkun, which means amending or fixing in Hebrew. At the time, he was the editor of a magazine by that very name. Tikkun olam, which many of you may already know, is a concept in Judaism which calls for the healing of creation or the repair of the world. That is, repairing the world by making it more just peaceful, tolerant, and equal through acts of charity, kindness, and political action. Lerner's argument is that a spiritual consciousness is vital for social change, that you can't separate the two. I won't go into all the foundational aspects of the kind of spirituality for which he advocates, but I will say this. The first three aspects or qualities that he lifts up are number one, a celebration of the wonder of the universe. Number two, cultivating a capacity to see each other as ends and not as a means to an end. And number three, affirming the equal worth of every human being. Those are three of about 16 points that he makes But just those three, if humankind would embrace those three, celebrating the wonder of the universe, seeing others as ends, not means, and affirming the equal worth of every human being, just those three would make for a new heaven and a new earth, right? Or how about practicing just the first one? celebrating the wonder of the universe. What if we did that? Maybe starting just by looking up into the night sky. I tell the story from time to time of moving here over 19 years ago and my then two-year-old son laying on his back as we changed his diaper in Worville Park at a summer evening movie-in-the-park event. And as he looked up in the sky, exclaiming in two-year-old wonder, there are stars everywhere celebrating the wonder of the universe, seeing all things new. Back to that question I raised earlier, is everything going to be okay? Some days, I am not sure. But God is offering the promise, so I have to take it seriously. I have to reorient toward trust and wonder. Lerner, in the very beginning of his book, offers a practice toward this end. This is what he writes under the heading, How to Have a Spiritual Experience. Get yourself to a place outside in nature, he writes, where you can see at least 20 stars in the night sky. Then close your eyes and breathe deep breaths. Focus your attention on your breath. Notice your thoughts as they race through your mind, but then refocus your attention on your breath. Tell yourself over and over, I am one part of the consciousness of the universe. I am a manifestation of the unity of all being. Continue doing this for 15 minutes. Bring an alarm clock to go off in 15 minutes so you don't have to keep checking to see how much time has elapsed. Allow yourself to sink into the experience as you notice how your thoughts are rushing toward everything else other than your own breath. And on this simple statement, I am one part of the consciousness of the universe and so forth. When you catch your mind wandering, don't scold it. Instead, gently return your attention to your breath and to this one sentence focusing on how you are a part of the consciousness of the universe. After 15 minutes of this focus, open your eyes. Imagine you can see yourself right where you are standing. Now imagine that you are going up in a slowly ascending balloon and yet able to look down on earth and see your physical body standing where it is. Notice yourself standing at a particular point on planet earth See what that point is. For example, he continues, I would see myself standing in a courtyard in San Francisco and the balloon, as it went up a little further, I noticed that I was standing very close to the Pacific Ocean. As the balloon went up further, I noticed that I was standing on the North American continent and yet all the way down there on the side of the Pacific in Northern California in a backyard in San Francisco. There I am. Now, see yourself standing there wherever you are and notice that you are on a planet that has been slowly turning all day, first toward the nearest we call star we call the sun, which is a million times bigger than planet Earth. Try seeing the sun as one million times the size of Earth and see where you are in relation to it. He continues, notice that as you were living your very important life all day long, the planet was spinning, that it is also moving slowly around the sun. See where you are on this planet and become aware that you are sharing the planet with six billion other human beings who are also looking up into the heaven from time to time and noticing where they are. Become aware of how you and they must appear from way up high, a planet filled with six billion egos, each one shouting, notice me, I'm so important, I'm the one who really counts. Imagine that you can see all six billion people jumping around, yelling for attention, and you recognize how the human ego gets out of control and loses its sense of proportion. From the distance of many thousands of miles away, see yourself down there with the other six billion all exhausting themselves by frenetically pursuing their lives and imagining that they must absolutely accomplish their tasks quickly. Notice how many people are driven by this frenetic need, everyone calling out for attention. Now, notice that our sun is one of millions of stars in this galaxy and that our galaxy is one of 50 billion galaxies. Notice where you are in the universe. Try to imagine yourself as one of the manifestations of the consciousness of the universe, as part of the totality of things, a momentary explosion of God energy, you. A momentary embodiment of the spiritual energy of the universe and a force for healing and transformation. You know that in somewhere between 5 and 85 years from now, you and everyone around you will all be in the ground. And a new generation will look up and see the marvel of the universe. But this is now. And this is your moment to join with billions of other human and countless other life forms that are at some level of awareness noticing grandeur and joining in the universal song of thanksgiving at being alive and being able to see all this marvelous reality. So allow yourself to experience how incredible it is to be alive. If you can, he concludes, Do this every night for three weeks in a row. All while telling yourself, I am one part of the consciousness of the universe. Whenever your conscious attention wanders, gently bring it back to focus on the incredible grandeur of the universe. Once you succeed in quieting your own mind enough so that it can focus on your breath for 15 minutes, you'll find that in the course of those three weeks, you will have a spiritual experience. I know that was a very long quote. But there in the middle of it is an invitation to look to the heavens with wonder and to see them, if not as new, then in a new way. And an invitation to know our place in the universe. And out of knowing our place, not to be in despair, but to shine in gratitude. And an invitation to realize that the arc of change is longer than our lives. We are but a moment in time and an invitation to see something much bigger and broader and deeper than our own needs, our own egos. And we, of course, call that bigger, broader, deeper force God. And we seek to lean into God with trust. And trust comes from knowing our place in time and space, and knowing that we are neither unimportant nor all-important. And knowing that change is beyond us, and yet we are part of it, witnesses to it. When the prophet promises new heavens and a new earth, he's not saying that you wake up the day after election day and everything has changed or even that there really is anything all that transformational about the day after an election. Rather, what he is saying is that over time, with trust in the wisdom and goodness of God who is at work, the arc of time bends toward hope. It bends toward healing. It bends toward wisdom. It bends toward peace. So everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Amen.